Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is me again. It is your host for political theater, Charles Nash. And folks, let me tell you, today we have got news, news, and more news. And I'm going to tell you right now, the news, the way it's coming in and what you're seeing across all the networks, there's a lot of things that is just doom and gloom. And I'm going to go ahead and get uh, ACDC thunderstruck here because uh i'm gonna tell you right now everybody that is what's going on when it comes to the democratic party uh they are imploding on themselves today and when i say imploding i i mean it on all fronts and we're gonna go ahead and get into exactly what i'm talking about here so when i say the democrats are imploding on many different fronts. They're imploding on each other over this infrastructure bill. The $3.5 trillion, the way it's supposed to be spent, what's supposed to be in the bill. Then on the other hand, you've got the FBI. You have the Biden administration has used them as a weapon to go after parents in school board meetings, and now the FBI, the people running the FBI, the DOJ, they're all coming out and saying, well, if you're a parent, you're a terrorist, going into school board meetings over your children, you are a terrorist. And let me tell you, there has been so much pushback all over the country. Uh, It's not funny. So what we're going to start with because I think it's the most important topic, and you'll always hear me say this, is the future of our country when it comes to young Americans, children, our children in schools, what they're being taught and education is being taught to them, and just what's going on behind the scenes. Now, last week, folks, it was Saturday, um, I had uh, Scott... um, on here and he was uh he was he was running for marion city local school district and you know he was going on about the our district here in in marion ohio where where i am out of um and mr weibling was was telling us that you know they've seen the woke culture just here in my hometown what it's doing from the administration down to teachers. Um, he he, did, he went into great detail, folks. And, and again, I want to thank him for coming on, on the show. But it just shows you that this is not just a national issue when it comes to uh, what's going on and what's being taught to our children at a national level. It's in your own local school districts. People just don't understand just what, is actually being taught at a local level to your children. And that was another reason why I had him on, not just because he was running for Marion City uh, School Board. It was someone who was a teacher for, for 15 years, and he has seen the change in and out of the schools. What's happening to the school systems? 
And like I said, if more people would start paying attention at the local levels, we would be seeing you're, you're, you would be seeing more of this that's that's not being reported, and it, it's disgusting the way that you know all of this woke culture, the CRT, the way it's being thrown at our children. I can see why. All over the United States, we have disciplinary problems with kids. Why crime rates are up? It it, it it's just a sad state of of mind. But again, like I always say, folks, you have to start from the ground up and work your way up that way. You have to start from the bottom to make change. So we're going to get to our first topic here. This is on Fox News. It's the very top article. It says Biden's class warfare. It said mom reveals in startling detail how federal agents infiltrated school meeting, ridiculously un-American. We're going to go right into that. Basically, what that article is about is you have, like I said, you have far-left politicians. They have pushed their agendas into the school system. Now, these school systems now are are teaching these radical teachings to our children. Well, this mom went through her school district, and I'm going to tell you right now, um, she found the same startling things, like I said earlier, that most people are starting to figure out now what's, what's being actually being taught to their children. So it says, a Virginia mother says feds, Helicopter showed up at school board meeting, and she's received daily threats. We're going to get into this. This is a mother of six in Fairfax County, Virginia, said Wednesday that federal agents, including an unmarked vehicle and a helicopter, were present at a recent local school board meeting. Says She said, this is something that is incredible in America, and it's ridiculously un-American. Stacy Langton during an appearance on Fox and Friends. Langton shared a photo on Twitter of a Department of Homeland Security vehicle as well as several ghost cars, which could be seen either unmasked local or federal vehicles. In addition, Langton said a helicopter flew overhead, shining its spotlight down on the event. So I, I went to to Twitter here because I wanted to see for myself, you know, the photo. And this was published at 9.43 a.m. on October the 22nd. And you can see the unmarked vehicles. There is a picture of the helicopter shining a a light on the school. Um, She's got on here, it says... uh, Hashtag school board meeting last night. Heavy hashtag fed appearance. Unmarked fed unmarked fed vehicles. Um, even helicopters circling overhead with spotlight on mom and dads. All of the night. Hashtag DOJ. Um, Garland testifies a little over the top? Question mark. No. Uh, now, Fox News in this article says that they reached out to the Department of Homeland Security for comment, but did not receive an immediate response. 
Um, it says that Langdon said that she and about 45 other parents had uh, protested outside the uh, Department of Justice, the DOJ, on October 17th, four days prior to the school board meeting. Uh, she said that she did not believe it was a coincidence. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, it's going to get even worse. And I want people to actually hear a little bit from today's um, official meeting. And this was on Capitol Hill today. Uh, you're going to get to hear... It's it's about seven to eight minutes long, and I'm going to play the entirety of it, not just to feed up airtime, but I want people to understand exactly with what I just read off about this, this woman here, um, Langton, with what she experienced, what other people around the country are experiencing inside of school board meetings when they're going in to, you know, to confront school boards, teachers faculty, with what's being taught to our children in school, with the whole CRT, discrimination, you know, now you've got the, 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 the gentleman who had his, his, his child uh, raped by a transgender student in a bathroom, the, the cover-up that happened with it, and I mean, it's just outlandish what's going on in the school. So I want everyone to hear, this is... Um, this is Senator Tom Cotton, and you're going to hear him today explode over a number of, of big issues. But the biggest issue that he, he goes at Garland with is over the school board memo about how parents and the, uh, the FBI is targeting parents as being local terrorists. So I want everyone to hear this. We're going to play it for the entirety. And like I said... I, Pay attention to this because these are the individuals that's running the, the DOJ and the FBI. And folks, it's not a joke. They're coming for you at your local school board meetings. So everyone pay attention. Here's the audio. Judge Garland, on May 11th, Tony Fauci testified that his agency, quote, has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Last week, his agency admitted that they had, in fact, funded gain of research uh, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Are you investigating Tony Fauci for lying to Congress? So the long-time rule in the Justice Department not to discuss pending investigations, potential investigations. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, do you believe Tony Fauci was truthful when he said his agency had never funded gain-of-function research? This is outside of my scope of okay. knowledge. Let, let's turn to your outrageous directive sicking the feds on parents at school boards across America. When you crafted that October 4th memo, did you consult with senior leadership at the FBI? My understanding was that the memo um, or the idea of the memo had been discussed with the FBI before. It did anyone at the FBI express any doubt or disagreement or hesitation with your decision to issue that memo. No one expressed that to me. No one? To me. No one expressed that to me, no. Because a lot of them have contacted us and they said they did, Judge. I'm sorry? A lot of FBI officials have contacted my office and said 
that they opposed this decision. Well, I doubt any of them spoke to me about it because I didn't speak to, 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 to no one. All right. All right. Me. Uh, Judge, you've repeatedly, you've repeatedly dissembled this morning about that directive. For instance, about the National Security Division. Chuck Grassley asked you a very simple question, why you would sick the National Security Division of the Department of Justice on parents. John Cornyn asked you the same thing. You said it wasn't in your October 4th memorandum, it was in another office's memorandum. It wasn't another office's memorandum, Judge. It was in a press release from your office, right here in front of me, October 4th, 2021, for immediate release. You're gonna create a task force that includes the National Security Division. What on earth does the National Security Division have to do with parents who are expressing disagreements at school boards? Nothing in this memorandum or any memorandum is about parents expressing disagreements with their school boards. The memorandum makes clear that uh, parents are entitled and protected by the First Amendment to have vigorous debates. We don't, uh, uh, the Justice Department is not interested in that question at all. It is oh, okay, so even in that case, what, what is the National Security Division, Judge? The these are the people that are supposed to be chasing jihadists and Chinese spies. What does the National Security Division have to do with parents? at school boards. This is not, again, about parents at school boards. This is about threats of violence. Okay, let me let me turn to that because you've said that phrase repeatedly throughout the morning. Threats or violence and threats of violence. Violence and threats of violence. Yeah. We've heard it a dozen times this morning. As Senator Lee <laughs> Now there you go, folks, right there. I want to cut in because the simple fact what you just heard. Now Tom Cotton has made it abundantly clear that what you what, what you what you've been hearing for for over now a week is that this was over acts of violence now i have went through very a couple of different news outlets already there's very few and far between um, any acts of violence that's happened at school board meetings now, the only one, to my knowledge, that was an act of violence at a school board meeting was, like I said here a little bit ago, there was an issue with a student that was raped in a bathroom by another transgender student. Now, the principal at that school is being asked to resign by the school board. Now, he was pro, and this is nothing against the transgender community, he was pro for having transgender students going into bathrooms of the opposite sex. And then when this transpired, there was a cover-up. Now, during a school board meeting for that, the father did, did end up getting arrested because of what was being said and the lies that was being said in the school board hearing. Now, I don't really consider that as an act of violence, per se, as if you're a parent and one of your children is sexually assaulted in a school that's supposed to be a safe haven for kids under a format that a, a, a principal or a superintendent is imposing down on the school and its faculty and its students, and you have something like that happen, I don't know what parent probably wouldn't get a little bit out of control. 
especially when something like that could have been prevented. Most school board hearings that you hear, or you hear about on the news, is friendly protest or parents going in, holding up their signs, confronting the school board members over the education or the material being presented to students. I watched one here the other day, matter of fact, on YouTube, where a man goes in and, and, and basically sets down what's going on, what the parents are against, and then proceeds to sit down and hand out flyers showing that the parents are actually putting a, a class action lawsuit together uh, for a, a large amount of money towards that school board and district. I have not heard of any of these school board meetings with parents turning extremely violent. And if there is, they're few and far between. So we're going to continue here with Tom Cotton, you know, going at Garland here. The very first line in your October 4th memorandum refers to harassment and intimidation. Why do you continue to dissemble in front of this committee that you are only talking about violence and threats of violence when your memo says harassment and intimidation? Senator, I said in, it, uh, in my testimony that it involved other kinds of criminal conduct, and, the, and I explained to Senator Lee that the uh, statutory definitions of those terms and the constitutional definitions of those terms involve threats of violence. Okay, let's look at one of the statutes you cited, yeah. Section 223. Yeah. That statute covers the use of not just telephones, but telecommunications devices to annoy, to annoy someone. So are, are you going to sick your U.S. attorneys and the FBI on a parent's group if they post on Facebook something that annoys a school board member, Judge? The answer to that is no. And the provision that I was particularly uh, drawing to his attention was 2261A which was to engage... In I wasn't talking about 2261A. I know you mentioned that. You also mentioned 223. That's what I mentioned. Yeah. But the okay, you, Judge, you also, told, you also told Senator Klobuchar that this memorandum was about meetings and coordination. Yeah. Meetings and coordination. Yeah. Well, I have in my hand right here that I'll submit to the record a letter from one of your U.S. attorneys to all of the county attorneys, to the attorney general, to all sheriffs, to the school board association of his state, in which he talks about federal investigation and prosecution. It's not about meetings, it's not about coordination, it's about federal investigation and prosecution. I, did, you, did you direct your U.S. attorneys to issue such a letter? I did not. I have not seen that letter. My it's got three pages. It's got three pages well, of spreadsheet my, about all the federal crimes that a, that a parent could be charged with, to include the ones you cited. Did, did, my, my memorandum. Did Maine Justice make this spreadsheet, Judge? I don't have any idea. Uh, my Did memorandum speaks specifically about setting up meetings, and I'll just read it again, convene meetings. Judge, we, we've all read your memorandum. We've well, also you heard you dissemble about your memorandum. I have, I have, and the record now shows, one of your U.S. attorneys sending out a letter about federal prosecution investigation and list in detail the federal statutes for which you could be prosecuted. Judge, you talked a lot about intimidation and harassment. Have you issued a memorandum like your October 4th memorandum about the Black Lives Matter rights from last summer? Your time. Well, there you go, folks. Sorry about the music there, but uh, there there was the, the, the confrontation between Tom Con uh, Cotton and 
Garland. And as you can hear, you plainly heard it. I mean, there... Tom Cotton got him on many, many levels there. Garland has knows damn well what he has instructed to go down to his federal agents, to the attorneys for different counties and different states. He knows exactly what he's doing. And you heard it. You heard it in Garland's voice. He's backpedaling. He got caught. He's being called out. And Tom Cotton is not the only senator or a handful of senators that's calling this out. There's a lot of people calling this out. It goes back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, folks. And I have said this for several months now. The Democratic Party. And I know people are going to say, well, how do you know it's the Democrat? Well, who's in power right now? Who's controlling the House? Who's controlling the White House? It's all Democrat. They have the majority, folks. We have a 50-50 Senate. On a handful of times, they win over even in the Senate. So let's just go ahead and say they, they, they pretty much have control of two out of the three chambers. That's overwhelming odds. So you know damn well, just like Obama did, that the Biden administration is doing the same thing. They have weaponized the DOJ and the FBI. I wouldn't go as far to say that they've got the CIA and other branches, you know, federal agencies as well, in their pocket. Do we not see the same playbook when Donald Trump was in office for his first four years? It was nonstop, nonstop, going after Donald Trump for anything and everything. And it wasn't going to stop just because Donald Trump got out of office. It's continued. But now, now, it's not just about Republicans. It's not just about conservatives. It's not about who voted for Trump or, or, or Trump supporters or Trumpster supporters. No. We've now taken another approach. Not only are we targeting people now for not following vaccine mandates, but now since CRT has been exposed and the double dealings going on in the education system and the education unions, well, the dirty little secret's out. And they know they can't stop parents across this country from going into school board meetings, voicing concerns, getting out there and, and, and getting this information out to other parents who may be oblivious to it. So what's the next best thing they can start doing? Well, the man behind the curtain who's controlling Joe Biden and his administration thought up of a perfect solution. And it's not a conspiracy theory because you're seeing it in action. You're seeing it in play. I just gave you an example of one woman in Virginia. 
There's pictures and video evidence of it. And I know there's going to be more to come of this. And I know people is going to say, well, what do you think is going to happen next, Mr. Nash? I can tell you what's going to happen next. You're going to see people getting pulled out of school board meetings and cuffs being taken away by the FBI. And being interrogated or threatened to shut up. Or you're going to see criminal charges come down. Rather at a state or a federal level. They're going to shut people up any way that they can to keep pushing radical left agendas in school. And that's what's going to continue to happen. That's what we're seeing play out. Now, do I think that the the Biden administration really thought there was going to be this much pushback all across the country in the education system? No. But people are wising up. People are seeing the consequences that it's doing to our children. And they don't want their children indoctrinated. People have enough time to try to fight what's going on in colleges, let alone now in elementary K through 12. And I'm telling you now, you want to talk about how everyone keeps going on about, well, there's going to be a civil war. There's going to be a civil war because of unrest in the country, because of prices, because of, as Joe Biden would say, the, the most, the, the biggest problem in the United States is systemic racism. It's not systemic racism. What's going to be the divide, what's going to be the, the civil war factor in this country is going to be what's going on with our children in the education system. You mark my words. You've heard me say this before. You get enough mothers around this country pissed off. It ain't going to be the fathers. It's going to be the mothers of this country. You get enough of them pissed off. And pardon my language when I say this. They will raise hell and a ruckus like there's no tomorrow. You know that old saying. Hell have no fury like a woman scorned. Well, I'm telling you, folks, it's... It's, it's going to happen. You're seeing the pushback. And this is how they're going to try to stop the public pushback. They're just going to start arresting people, trumping up charges. It's going to be a, a dangerous time across this country. And I'm telling you now, don't be surprised if you start seeing statistics and polls showing that parents are starting to home teach their children more rather than sending them to public schools. What do you want to bet that within the next year, year and a half, you're going to see more people going to rather private or home-taught schools than you are public schools because of what's going on? I guarantee it. In the interview that I had here the other day, folks, with Scott Weibling, I'm telling you, this was just here at a local level. You heard the number if you watched and, and listened to that broadcast. Just from one school here in Marion, Ohio, how many students have been pulled 
or went to in a different school or a different academy or a private school or home taught. The number was one thousand over over 1,200 students. Now let that sink in. And that's just at a local level school here where I'm from. All right. Well, we're, a fo we're fast approaching, folks, uh, our first commercial timeout. Um, so stay tuned. We'll be right back after an obscene profit timeout. Hold on, folks. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Charles Nash, from Political Theater. You know, I get to do a lot of local ads for small businesses and businesses that are just opening up here in Ohio. And out of all of them that I've done ads for, there's one that really stands out to me just because of the story behind it. And it's so touching. That would be Footprints and Wax. Now they are a fairly new small family business. They are located between Galleon and Mount Gilead, Ohio. They create all natural, hand-poured soy wax melts. All natural, chemical-free face, body, hand, feet, and lip scrubs. Chemical-free products that help eliminate many dangerous toxins from entering the home and our bodies. They also create hand-painted, beautiful wooden ornaments for any occasion. The perfect gift for loved ones and with the holidays just around the corner, who could pass up on their wide variety of gift baskets they have to offer? Pricing is reasonable and affordable. They provide a professional and speedy process while also trying to maintain the highest quality of products for their customers. Working hours are Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. For more information, you can find them on Facebook Instagram or on their webpage at www.footprintsandwax.com. Or you can call the owner, Missy Boggs, area code 419-569-1222 for further questions. And tell them that Charles Nash from Political Theater sent you. Thanks, folks. When you're in need of drain and plumbing services, there's only one place, ladies and gentlemen, for local service that you can actually rely on. That is Dolan Drain and Plumbing Service. Located in Cardington, serving the Morrow County area, Dolan Drain and Plumbing offer quality service and customer satisfaction. With drain cleaning, camera inspections, and a full plumbing service, they offer a 24-7 emergency service for you and your family when the unexpected rears its ugly head. Billing is easy and affordable, and they offer a 10% off for services with cash payments. So if you are in need of a drain or a plumbing service issue, call Doolin and Plumbing Service, area code 419-560. 6807 and put your drain and plumbing services in their hands. You'll be thankful you did, folks.
Hi, my name is Brett Cornelius, and I'm running as a Republican for city council at large. I have lived in the city of Marion, born in the city of Marion, but I've lived in the city of Marion consistently since 1987 with my wife, Katie. Uh, we have three sons, Benjamin, Andrew, AJ, and Asher. Uh, I am pastor at Gethsemane Lutheran Church on the corner of Church and High Street. I care about what's happening in Marion, and I would like to see some of the issues that need to be resolved get done. We have a city sewer system that's outdated and is costing residents money. We need a city charter in Marion uh, because the essence of self-government is the ability for citizens to decide what it is their government does. And we need a local government that's going to stand up to federal and state overreach. Uh, we have uh, red flag laws being proposed and other violations of the Constitution that can only be addressed uh, finally on the local level. And I intend to do that for the voters of Marion. If you would uh, consider my candidacy and give me your vote on November 2nd, my name is Brett Cornelius and I'm running for city council at large. This ad was paid for by Cornelius for Marion. And we are back from commercial break, folks. I've got uh, Billy Jewel with We Didn't Start the Fire, which is <laughs> it's appropriate for the content that we are we are talking about here. So getting back to what we were talking about, we were talking about the educational issues with schools, with CRT, the the push for to for the DOJ and the FBI to now come in, label parents at school board meetings uh, who are just trying to shut down the the negative and the uh, the negative things being taught to our children, the <laughs> the crimes that's going on inside the schools themselves. But again, you have the Biden administration who has weaponized the DOJ now coming down on parents as terrorists or targets of interest. Now, getting back to the news with this, because I'm going to continue in this because this is all this has been on a lot of networks. You've got your people covering it and you've got people going, well, this this is nothing to see here. This is just a bunch of dumb Republicans, you know. Crying about nothing. Well, it seems like it's more than just nothing to me. So, I want to turn to Newsmax here. Got an article here. It says, um, Rep. Jordan to Newsmax. It says, time for Garland to recede school memo. So, in an interview here, it says... Um, Jim Jordan says that the only right thing for Attorney General Garland to do about the memo he wrote to the FBI and the U.S. Attorney, Attorney's Office about taking action against threats to school officials is to recede it, but he won't do that. Jim Jordan said on Fox News Wednesday, that's today. He said the fact that he won't rescind it, again, he's talking about Garland, which is frankly the only right thing to do, I think is very troubling, the Ohio Republican was quoted to saying. He said, every single Republican on our committee signed a letter to present 
and to press the attorney general yesterday, asking him to recede his memo. But Garland in his memo earlier this month wrote that threats against public servants are not only illegal, but they also run counter to our narrative's core values. And that the DOJ takes these incidents seriously and is committed to using the authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them as they occur, and prosecute the individuals when appropriate. Uh, Garland's memo also came after the National School Boards Association Board of Directors sent a letter in September to President Joe Biden um, that asked the DOJ to investigate acts of domestic terrorism at local school board meetings. Um, it says, last week, however, the board apologized, said it regrets sending that letter to Garland. So there you go, because here again, Jordan states this right here that it's violations against individuals' First Amendment rights of parents to attend school board meetings and to use their First Amendment rights to speak out against critical race theory and other issues facing what he considers as a hate America curriculum that's being taught to our children. I agree with Rep. Jim Jordan. Now, I know most people that listen to me is like, well, you're from Ohio and he's from Ohio, so you're going to listen to that part. No, he's correct on this, folks. What's being taught in schools is anti-American. This is what gets my blood boiling. This is why I'm sticking to this topic for most of today's show. You want to talk about corruption in the school districts. You're seeing it. You're hearing it. Not just from my voice. I'm reading all of these outlets. I'm reading factual information. But again, the only way this is going to get stopped is people are going to have to keep applying pressure to the schools, to the school unions. See, because applying pressure just at your local school levels to the to the, to the board, you can re- you can remove, or the school can ha- they, or the public can have school board members removed. It's not complicated. But the problem goes deeper, folks. This goes to the school unions. It's been addressed by multiple people. Glenn Beck had a really good here several months back. He interviewed people that individuals that used to work very closely in the school unions that shape the education system throughout the country. If anyone gets a chance, if you go onto Glenn Beck's show, you can go through, just like they had on Rush Limbaugh's website, you can go through and you can actually listen to old shows. I, I'm telling you, when they blew the whistle on the CRT issue going on in schools, nobody, nobody really believed what Glenn Beck and individuals that work with him closely was revealing. 
Well, now everybody knows about it. And it's blowing up. But the problem lies. You want to cut the head off the snake. It's the school union. It's the unions that are controlling for the education department, that are controlling the schools and the curriculums and the things that's being taught nationwide. That is the problem. That is the head of this issue. Now, I don't have an answer for what it's going to take to change that. Now, I think the first step is, like people are doing, they're going to their local schools and to the school board. And people are electing honest people that want to change things with the schools. That's a good start. But the people that's going in and being elected to run these school boards, after the ousting of the individuals that's putting these ridiculous standards on our own students and teachers, needs to go a step further. And so doesn't every parent. Start focusing at the school union. Because that right there, my friends, is where the problem is at. Now, I have touched a lot about what's happening in schools. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to shift focus here to the next big news topic. The next big news topic that's dominating everything that you see today, it's been dominating everything for the last two weeks, is the issue with the spending bill for this big infrastructure, the $3.5 trillion bill. And it's not, a, I'm not even going to call it an infrastructure bill anymore. I don't even know why I keep catching myself doing that. Probably because I've read it so many times, it's permanently indented. It has nothing to do, folks, with infrastructure. Out of that $3.5 trillion, or the $2 trillion, or now the $1.5 that they're debating on, not even half of it goes to infrastructure. Real, and I mean real infrastructure, bridges, railways, airports, you name it, that's infrastructure. Not this Green New Deal crap or the climate change. Don't even get me started. We've, we've all heard my rant about climate change and these nuts that push it and then turn around and go and and do the exact same thing that they're complaining about. They go out and buy products and purchase products that they say is harmful for the environment, but yet it's fine for them to use it. So I want to go to my first my first article here. It's it's <clears throat> it's on Fox and Politico. So today they they tried to make ground on getting a couple of the and I hate using this word moderate Democrats. I've said this before. There is no moderate Democrat like Joe Manchin and a couple other not to be named Democratic senators as playing hardball that won't that won't vote with the Democratic Party. They won't vote with party line. Well, it's getting even worse now for the Democrats. Because they've been trying to negotiate, especially with Joe Manchin today, adding things in with Medicare, taking things out on tax, certain taxes, like the big tax that they wanted to do to basically try to um, pay for this big bill. They wanted to tax so many of the trillionaires and billionaire companies. Well, now that's off the table too. 
But I want to I want to read this. It says um, <clears throat> it says to make or break. AOC threatens to hold up or blow up infrastructure bill if her demand for socialist spending spree is not met. Now, I think this bartender turned political senator. I'm just going to tell you right now. I I think she's uh, way out, way, way past left field. I, I think she should have stuck with bartending, but maybe they didn't want her to bartend. Maybe she was terrible at being a bartender. So she thought, hey, why not be a politician? I can screw things up there and still get paid for it. So AOC threatens no vote on infrastructure bill if Democrats don't provide social spending bill text. It says Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York said that if she she will vote against her party's infrastructure bill if it comes to a vote on Thursday because Democrats have not provided enough detail on what will be in the larger social spending bill. Well, of course not. She's quoted on saying, I don't see how ethically I can vote to increase U.S. climate emissions. She said that um, nothing that a framework of President Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan isn't enough detail to sway her vote on the infrastructure bill itself. We have had a framework for six months. We need text. The New York lawmakers comment comes as moderate Democrats, there is no moderate Democrat, and the party's more progressive faction, don't even say progressive, just put wacko liberal, just replace progressive and just put wacko liberal. See, I I fixed the article for everybody. Faction has feuded over the details of the proposed social spending plan. It's not a proposed social spending plan or an infrastructure bill. It's a garbage bill with ways that we can spend taxpayers' money to bail out blue states and spend on stupidity that within five years, just like the Amtrak trails out in California, we can say we made an attempt to save the climate and it just failed. It didn't come through. But we spent your money anyway. Congratulations. We're in more debt now. That's what that that's what that means. With progressives threatening to vote no on an infrastructure plan unless the two bills are voted on side by side. It says Pelosi has scheduled hearings uh, dispute lack of bill text framework. Uh, says uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, expressed optimism that her party was closing in on a deal in a letter to other Democrats and news agencies. By the way, did you guys all see last week when she she was uh, yelling at local news networks about they they weren't selling the Democratic Party's Build Back Better plan enough? They weren't they weren't making the proposed bills. They weren't making them look good enough on news networks. She scolded her own outlets that support the Democratic Party, like CNN, 
or MSNBC. Scolded them. So they needed to be- do a better job at selling the Democratic propaganda machine. I I find that funny. And now, now their own party still can't get anything together. Thank God. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she express, expressed optimism that the party was closing in on a deal. She says here, she's quoted him saying, as we have insisted, we are close to an agreement on priorities and top line of the legislation, which can and must be, the House must pass and to go to the Senate, Pelosi said in a letter. At the same time, we are facing a, a critical decline for bipartisan infrastructure framework to pass. No, you think because no Republicans are voting for this. And your own party is at chaotic odds with itself. I just wanted to share that with everybody. And then, then to add to that, if you go to Reuters, Reuters had a very, I laughed at this, just because of the simple fact that the picture that's with it. It says Democrats at odds over billionaires' tax to fund the sweeping Biden agenda. Remember when I said here a couple minutes ago, they know that they can't just keep printing money. We're $30 trillion in debt is the national debt. So what's the only way that they can think of right now? Well, we're going we're gonna to tax businesses by 15 to 20% more. We're going to target certain individuals, certain rich billionaires and trillionaires. We're going to target those individuals and their companies. And that's where we're going to get the money to pay for this, this, this great American infrastructure bill. Well, guess what? It's now off the table because you have, again, Democrats within their own party, not Republicans. Republicans want nothing to do with this. Democrats within their own party that are wanting their own specifications of the bill, or now they're going through and they're finding out that it's going to pinch their pockets as well. People that they support, that's giving them pocket pocket money, these big companies, for their campaigns and things for the 2022 elections coming around the corner. Well, now the, the billionaire tax is, is, is being removed from the infrastructure bill. But I had to laugh because, like I said, I was laughing because on this this article I'm going to read from Reuters, it has a chaotic, disgruntled Bernie Sanders photo on the front of it. And Bernie looks like he's uh, rather one of two things. Rather, he's about to wet him, his pants or he's done it already. And he's trying to get out of the, the, the house chamber. Or he's he's pissed off because again the things that he's he's so hoped for in his whole entire career as a politician are just being swept off the table by his own party and he can't blame the republicans for it It, it's a it's a funny picture it really is i i got a chuckle out of it but i'm gonna read it here it says uh Senator Democrats in the U.S. Congress were at odds on Wednesday over a proposal to tax billionaires. Assets to help pay for President Joe Biden's social and climate change agenda. See, there we go. Because we're running out of money. 
We've taxed everybody. We've thought up of every stupid scheme to tax every regular, hard-earned working American. So we're going to tax businesses and the rich now because that's how we're going to have to get this paid for. It says that the uh, leaving an unclear if the idea to support such a bill will become a law. I, again, folks, it, this goes back to what I said. When, when the Democrats don't get what they want with certain things, or their parties don't, uh, the party members don't align and vote D just because they're a Democrat. Well, the top people at, in the Democratic Party, they they cry and whimper and scream how it's unfair and the world is unfair. And it, it, it is. It's just a really... <laughs> and if you go to Politico, they... Oh, my gosh. Politico now has an even worse picture of Bernie Sanders up. Again, Bernie looks like he's rather wet himself and is trying to make his way from the media to a bathroom somewhere to get cleaned up. Or he's just really, really pissed off. Uh, this one's on Politico. It, this one just came up. It says, liberal uh, frustration impales uh, Dem social spending deal. Oh, I've, I have got to read this to everybody. It says a flurry of cuts to Democrats' uh, domestic priorities endangered a quick deal of President Joe Biden's agenda on Wednesday after a frantic 24 hours of negotiating between President Joe Biden and two moderate senators. I wonder who those moderate – there is no moderate Democrats are. Well, I know one of them is Jill Manchin. And I know the other one is Christine. Uh, I always can't pronounce her last name correctly. Cinema or Cinema? Can never pronounce her name correctly, her last name. This is an axe paid leave program and a proposed uh, elimination of a tax on billionaires. See, they have no way of paying for this now as well as the tremendous state of prescription drug reform and Medicare expansion, slowed down the progress between Biden and the two senators. Yep. It says, after the meeting with Biden on Wednesday afternoon, Senator Bernie Sanders from Vermont said there's no way a deal is reached before Thursday. Well, there you have it, folks. It says the problem is not with the president. The problem was with members here, which they mean the two individuals I just named off, who, although they are very few in number, think they have the right to determine the rest of Congress, what the rest of the Congress should do. And I strongly disagree, says Bernie Sanders. It's not conceivable to me that we're going to have a deal today. Do you see how Bernie Sanders just got pissed off there in that comment? His own comment. Well, they don't have the right as elected officials. 
to make a decision for the rest of Congress. They don't. An elected official by the people doesn't have to agree with the entire party, Mr. Sanders. That's not how our political process works. See, that, that's, the, that's the funny thing, folks. This is what I'm talking about. When the, when the left doesn't get what they want in unity, it's always the fault of somebody else. Could it just be that maybe these two Democratic senators see the bill for what it is? A complete piece of waste of garbage and a complete waste of time and taxpayers' money? Could that be what it is? No. No. So because we have two of them that are agreeing with Republicans on this. You have the rest of the Democratic Party scratching their heads going, well, we don't, we don't understand why you would have – you would want to, to move away from party lines. Well, again, didn't Nancy Pelosi just say she wanted bipartisanism, that everybody has a right to voice their own opinion, to represent their own state, their own constituents? But yet you have Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders here saying that's not the case. I, I don't know. I, I shake my head on that. And now as I'm reading this, too, it says that the Democrats have to re, uh, restructure this bill. Now they're saying the price tag that was being talked about went down to $1.5 trillion, And now it's gone back up because of they're blaming Senator uh, Manchin for this one. Now it's gone back up to $1.75 trillion. Because of the programs that him and other people want to look at or potentially remove or add. See, it's always somebody else's fault when they speak out of line against party. All right, folks. Well, I'm going to take my last commercial timeout. And when we come back, we're going to continue into the last couple of topics here. And then that's going to be the show for this evening. So just hold tight. We'll be back after another Obscene Profit timeout. I'll be right back, folks. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. It's me again, Charles Nash, your host from Political Theater. When you wake up in the morning, you're tired. You're trying to fumble around the bedroom, find your way down the stairs into your kitchen. And what's the one thing you want to do? You want to get woke up. Well, that's where I have a problem. In the morning, I try to find the best coffee that I possibly can. The regular things off the store shelves just don't work for me. But I found a coffee and a company that does. It's called Black Rifle Coffee. Now, Black Rifle Coffee is made and owned by veterans here in the United States. They serve a premium coffee. The coffee is imported from highly qualified coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. They're roasted for five days at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. They have some of the best coffee that you can imagine. One cup and even a half a cup gets me woke up in the morning and I've got enough energy to carry me through the rest of the day. So I'm here to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee. You can go online to blackriflecoffee.com, order from their webpage. They will ship it to your house directly. 
They've got several different kinds of roasts. And again, some of the best coffee you'll ever have. That's Black Rifle Coffee. And if you don't want to believe me, or take my word for it, go to their website. You can get a free trial yourself and taste the magic in their coffee. Again, that's Black Rifle Coffee. Try it. As I was aging, the pain in my hips was getting worse and worse. So I ordered relief factor for pain I was having in my neck and my knees. After 30 years of back pain, I have found relief. I am pain-free. I love it. I am so glad that I ordered Relief Factor. I am now pain-free. Thank you, Relief Factor. Folks, I don't know how to tell you how rewarding it is to hear all the wonderful Relief Factor success stories. Pat Boone again. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. Here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. And we are back, folks. I've got uh, <laughs> Daryl Hall and John Otis with uh, Maneater here. It's a great song. If you like the old classic songs like I do, it's a, that's a classic one here. I'm going to go ahead and get, uh, get them tuned down and get <clears throat> excuse me right back into where we left off. Now, speaking of that infrastructure bill, the other reason that you, you hear Democrats now blaming two of their <clears throat> moderate Democrats. Oh, my word. I hate saying that because it's not true. There is no moderate Democrat. But uh, the, the reason you hear them complaining, and it, it's not just because of the billionaire's income tax that has now fallen through off the proposed plans for the bill to fund it. But they've now also had to scrap out. I, I, I'm reading this from Congress minutes. They've now had to take out the paid leave out of the Democrats' social spending package. And this was a big one. Uh, their last-ditch effort on the gambit, which uh, it, it's lost all steam pretty much, was to add in a complete um, reform and when they say reform, they really mean to let every migrant across the border in and to make them a citizen, was the immigration gambit that they wanted to add into as well. Which basically, folks, like I just said, they wanted to make everybody coming across the border border uh, legal citizens. Not illegal, legal citizens. That was going to be in that bill. This is what I find so funny when they say this is a... This is an infrastructure bill. You've got Joe Biden there going, well, this is my infrastructure bill. Now, I know infrastructure is really supposed to mean, uh, you know, construction for the country and airports and, and roadways and bridges and uh, ports. You know, th those are infrastructure, but 
you know, we, we got to think about daycare, uh, holidays off that, you know, really aren't holidays and letting illegal immigrants into the country and making them legal. But we need voters. We need voters to prop up our agenda. That's what they want to do. They, they want to make these people that are illegal immigrants. And I'm going to go ahead and just change back to what the old wording was. Because I really hate this whole thing with illegal immigrants. Illegal aliens is what it is. Illegal aliens. But that's, those are the things now it's getting scrapped out of the bill. And it's, that, that's why you hear everybody in the Democratic Party up in an uproar. Blaming two senators who won't go with party lines like them damned Republicans. I just, I wanted to share that with everybody. So if you were wondering why they're all up in a tizzy, that's, that's why. Now getting back to, um, we're, we're going to move away from the infrastructure bill now. But I had some other things that I wanted to bring up. So we have the proposed Johnson and Johnson and <clears throat> let's see here. Pfizer's already got there. Now Moderna as well. They're coming out and they said by next week um, they'll have the 5 to 11 year old booster vaccines and they're, they're going to pass, pass the uh, FDA. It's going to get passed, and it's going to start going down to basically they're they're going to start enforcing this now on five to eleven year old children. They've already said the Biden administration has already said that they're going to enforce this. So there's going to be the next contested argument in city schools, the public school system. It'll be more now for mandates for your child to get vaccinated for the COVID-19 shot. Did everyone catch how I said shot and not vaccine? Because it's not a vaccine. It's a shot. Like the flu shot. You know, the thing that doesn't really work. I know, I'm... I'm being sarcastic here, and I've I, I've already <clears throat> I I already know I'm going to hear backlash from it, but it's the truth. It's not a vaccine; it's a shot, plain and simple. Talking about the vaccine, I am sure I am not the first one to be talking about this, but I'm going to say this and break my oath again. Excuse me. I'm going to have to bring up Dr. DeFauci. I know. I've said this multiple times that I really don't like bringing that man up because he's a disgrace. And I honestly think they should have got rid of him under the Trump administration. But you had Senator Rand Paul. Uh... He came out and said if the Dems won't hold Fauci accountable, he said he will. Now, this is, if everyone's wondering why I'm bringing this up, it, it came out here the other day that after over almost going into two years now, 
for two years, multiple hearings on the House and Senate floor debate, grilling from our senators on both sides. What did Dr. DeFauci say? That he did not, he did not have anything to do, nor did was there any money or any research when it comes into the whole fact of the coronavirus for basically um, games and theory, basically, is what it is. It's he had nothing to do with developing the COVID virus itself. Well, we found out that the whole game of functions he was involved in, and they came out and he finally said, yeah, we were involved in game of functions. Well, it also came out here a couple days ago here. It was Friday, I believe, that they not only were doing that and now finally come forward and we knew it was already happening because of all the documentation. Well, more came out. This is why this relevation now is being, he said now, is he has to come clean with it pretty much. They forced his hand. He can't hide it. But now it came out that he did all of these game of theory functions and, and, and tests now on animals. In particular, canines. Now, if you're someone who's like me, and you like keeping up with current law, now you'll remember here last, it was like about a year and a half, two years ago, under President uh, Donald Trump, it was signed in that if animal to cruelties was at a federal level. You could be prosecuted for that. Well, now people are in an uproar asking for them to prosecute and go after Dr. Fauci for doing experimental and gruesome experiments on dogs that had to do with the coronavirus. <clears throat> now, if I had to take a guess, Nothing is going to happen with this. I, I guess I proposed it to my colleagues at work today. They were talking about this this morning. You had people going on about it. This is crazy and just, you know, reprehensible that we're doing experiments on dogs and they're eating each other and killing each other. And that person just needs to be, which is, they're, they're talking about Dr. DeFauci and his staff. They should be held accountable. And it's like the comment that I made to co-workers today. What I find funny is now all the people find it irrehensible and deplorable and just downright evil that he did this these experimentations with COVID on animals. And these animals died because of it, but yet you can't hold him accountable and China accountable for the millions of people that have contracted this illness or the hundreds of thousands of people now that supposedly numbers-wise have died from it. 
or on ventilator machines because of it. There was no outcry about the human side of things when people were dying and suffering. But now all of a sudden, everyone is asking for the man's resignation because he was experimenting on dogs. I, I just, I'm dumbfounded by that. I really am. But as a society, we're, I, and don't get me wrong, folks. I, I don't want to be pictured as, well, he hates dogs. No, that's not what I'm saying. I find it, I find it really sad that nobody gave a damn about the human condition and the people dying from this virus that was created in a lab that we played a hand in, that Dr. Fauci and them played a hand in making and letting it escape, rather purposely or non-purposely. That's to be contested. But yet, instead of worrying about the human agenda on the side of all the people it affected worldwide, the outrage now for calling for the man's resignation and legal proceedings is over animal cruelty. I mean, it's just dumbfounding. It just dumbfounds me. That that was the that that was the straw that broke the camel's back for everybody, even his supporters. Animal cruelty. Forget everybody that's died from it. Forget about people who will no longer see their loved ones anymore. Animal cruelty is what broke the camel's back. I I don't know what to even say about that. I mean, I, I really am. I, I am dumbfounded by this, this approach, what I'm hearing. And it just isn't to people on the news or the media or, or Congress political folk. I mean, everyday people that I'm out on the street with, people that I, I work with, people that I know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back with them with Dr. Fauci. Animal cruelty. I, I, have, I have never in my life, and I mean this, questioned the Western culture of our country and just common sense or just <laughs> looking at it as an approach to, how do I best say this, <laughs> spiritually and, and, and solely looking at this, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss when, when we're not concerned about the human agenda, the human side of all the things that's happened. All the things that we've learned that caused this, we, we've taken everything out of it and, and, and what we're focused on now is animal cruelty and now everyone is, is, is asking for this man's resignation or, or uh, prosecution. I, I, I have thought I've heard it all. And, and it did. It surprised me today with the conversations, not with my coworkers, just with my coworkers, just with, with people in general. I, since this story broke, I, it, it really does surprise me.
It, it really does. But like I said, going in, uh, going into more of the, not just with Dr. DeFauci, but with the COVID-19 mandates and everything. Then I looked at a poll today, uh, said that there's been a 60% decline in the, in the coronavirus. 60% decline within the last week of the coronavirus. And that's with the Delta variant. 60% decrease. That was on a Reuters poll that I read this morning. 60% decrease. Last thing I'm going to cover here, we're going <clears> to <throat> kind of shy away from the COVID uh, news just because I'm I'm rather tired of talking about COVID. And you know all the reasons why. I just gave you a, a really great one here. I, I, I'm, it's not funny, but it's, and it is a serious matter, but at the same aspect, this has been going on for quite some time. I, I'm, I'm on Newsmax here. I'm looking at this article. It says White House skeptical, um, oh, excuse me, wrong one here. Sorry about that. It says, um, yeah, White, White, White House is skeptical and, and, is worried about the Chinese uh, supersonic uh, missiles, basically, that they produce that could potentially house nuclear warheads on them. Now, folks, I'm not even going to get into this article. I've read it. Basically, the Biden administration, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, our own military commanders and personnel, are in a tizzy because here a week and a half ago, the Chinese government successfully tested a supersonic missile that could potentially carry a nuclear warhead. Now, about a month ago, the United States tried to do the same thing, and our test miserably failed. I've seen articles where it says we're, we're behind. We're not going to be a superpower anymore. Well, I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but I believe here about four months back, I read the same exact almost news article, but take out the word China and put in the word Russia. And it was the same exact thing. Russia was working on supersonic missiles. Russia has perfected supersonic missiles. Russia has put a nuclear warhead on a supersonic missile. Russia has now successfully tested a nuclear supersonic missile out of a submarine. This isn't anything new. And I'm not trying to assure people or the public that there's not a concern of a nuclear war. I don't think there is. And I'll tell you why. If you haven't gathered already, nuclear fallout, folks, makes it inhabitable for anybody to win a war. 
Now, I know we have done experiments, a lot of countries have, with nuclear capabilities. But what comes with the radiation and the fallout from those tests isn't anything good, and it's lasting for years. So do I honestly think that this whole talk with supersonic warheads is going to end up turning heads and we're going to see a big, another big Cold War era, but only this time instead of with Russia, with China. No. I hate to tell everybody this. There's enough people in China to overlap this country four times over. There's that many people living in China. And why in the world would anyone even wonder <clears throat> why we would be in a nuclear contest with China anyway, seeing how everything that the United States uses and buys is from pretty much made in China. We're their number one customers. I'm sure you're not going to blow up the hand that gives you money constantly. So I just wanted to discuss that. It was just a little article that I seen. I figured I would close out today's show with it. Uh, basically what it comes down to, you have people in the military complex. And just this is just my personal view. Trying to make a big deal out of something that's not. I know we have just as good as technology, if not better than the Chinese government. Now, our government's never going to come clean and say that because you always want to have an advantage over your, your adversaries. But this is what I like to call, you've got the military complex basically hyping up more things for more money. Making an issue out of nothing to get more money. And that's what it is. So we're going to close off with that tonight, folks. <clears throat> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, I want to let everybody know again, um, if you're local and you live in Marion County area or any other counties here in Ohio, elections are November the 2nd. Early voting, at least for my area here in Marion County, uh, Ohio, has already started. So if you want to go out, while the voting uh, stations and polling locations are open, I advise you to go out, <clears throat> vote for your individual candidate or candidates, and remember what I always say, don't look at the individual, don't look at the party, look at what is going to help you, your community, your state, or the country. Look at the policy. The policy, folks, is what matters, not the person. And I always say that, and I'm going to continue to say that and spread that message. But again, get out and vote if you haven't done so already, or wait to the day of you know elections, which is, again, November 2nd. And it, it matters, like I said, if you want change to happen, doesn't matter if it's a local, state, or federal level, get out there and vote. If you're registered, get out there and vote, folks. 
That's the only way it happens. You have no room to complain if you don't vote. And that's my final word on that. I'm finding a little bit of a, I think, a cold from the change of the weather, so you have to excuse me here. My last comment that I'm going to make is, um, now, I have been talking, everyone's been seeing I've been doing interviews at different levels with different people from local to state. Uh, Now, I'm going to go ahead and just, because I know I'm probably going to have listeners from this particular candidate's uh, campaign group. So I reached out to this afternoon to a uh, Republican candidate for governor of Ohio. I reached, uh, reached out to Jim Rossini's uh, campaign office today. I spoke with a gentleman there. I'm not going to name him off. Pleasant individual. We had a good probably 10-minute conversation. I was trying to sell them on who I am and what I do. Everybody knows that I'm I'm an independent, and I don't side with parties. Matter of fact, I don't like parties. I don't like Republican or Democrat. <clears throat> Excuse me. I I again. I cast my vote and my decision for the best candidate and their policy, and I'm always going to continue to say that and do so. But again, I reached out to Jim Rossini's campaign office. Uh, they're reviewing me. They're reviewing my content in this show. I would appreciate it if you want to hear, if you want to hear Republican primary candidate Jim Rossini, rather in person with me or even by phone, and we can record all of this so that the public can hear this, you, the listener, if you want to hear me interview Jim Rossini, Republican uh, candidate for the governor of Ohio. I need as many people who listen to the show, or if you know people who are on the edge with the show, I need you to tune in. I want to show them that we have a lot of listeners out there who want to hear these candidates. Folks, I do it for you. So you can learn who the individual is, you can learn what they're campaigning for, and make an educated decision. So if you want to hear Jim Rossini in an interview with me, please follow me. Keep listening to have more people tune in. Or go to their go to the their Facebook page. Go to Jim Rossini's Facebook page. Tell him that Charles Nash from Political Theater wants to interview you. We want to hear the interview. We want to we want to know and hear your voice. We want to hear what your 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 answers are to some of the tough questions that Ohioans are facing, or that you're scared of what's going on, or the issues in general at hand that's bothering you, or that you want to see change in in the state of Ohio. I need your voice, folks, in order for these interviews to happen. Because some of the candidates, some of them do not want to come on the show for one of two reasons. <clears throat> no, I'm not saying that this Jim Rossini is, is, is this issue. But you have some candidates, and I'll go ahead and you all know who one of them is. One of them is Jill Blystone, who will not come on this show because of two reasons. Rather, I get the runaround that 
I'm not important enough because I'm a small business where I run at a local level. I don't run at a news national level. Or I get told that they have to watch what they say because they, they don't want to have to backtrack on a candidate's statement. Folks, I'm telling you now, if you're scared of me asking legit questions that I get from the public anyway, you have no reason to be running for governor of Ohio for any platform or any party. If you're scared of me in a local show, you need to get out of the race now. Now, they have every right not to do the show, and I'm not going to glow anybody into doing it, but those are the answers that I've been getting from certain individuals. And I hope the other candidates, even on the Democratic side, I hope someone puts a plug in for me for this show. Because again, if you're scared of someone at a local level, oh man, they're going to eat you alive if you get into office. And that's just my two cents. So again, that's the show. I want to thank everybody who tunes in and listens. I want to thank people for the commentive, uh, uh, you know, feedback that I get, the, the, the positive feedback that I get for the show. Um, <clears throat> when I had a, a vote for the, the, the new uh, logo, I got a lot of good feedback, a lot of votes for that. I want to thank everybody that participated for that. It's up. Uh, we also, if you want to get a hold of me, it's just not my own personal um, email anymore. You can now message me with anything that you want now on uh, politicaltheater114 at gmail.com. That's the, the new uh, political theater um, email. If you want to drop us a line or drop us a question, you can find us there. Or like I said, go to my Facebook page. I love hearing from people and what they think of the show or if they have a question or if they have a topic they want me to bring up or if they have questions they want me to interview somebody about. So just drop me a line. So again, that's going to conclude our podcast for this evening. This has been another episode of Political Theater with me, Charles Nash, and I just want to tell everybody thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you here in the next couple of days, folks. <laughs>